Welcome to the Tea Grannies. I'm Elise. And I'm Maria. Today we're here to talk about first drafts. This episode will focus on first drafts and their challenges. So pour yourself a cup of tea and let's get started. So there's a whole bunch of things to think about as you start writing your first draft, um, whether you have a character in mind or just a like a starting scene, maybe you've outlined the whole thing, in which case I bow down before you because I can't do that to save a life. But um, one of the things that um, is pretty important to think about is your genre. Um, it's important not to get tied down and totally married to a specific, like, I'm writing YA fantasy and therefore I can't touch sci-fi, or I'm writing it and I, I can't have romance in it because it's fantasy and we just can't, no. So genre blending happens all the time. It doesn't mean that you change um, the actual genre that you're in. It just means that you're, like, pulling elements from the other things and um, that's totally okay. Um, but in general, certain genres have some word count limits that you could think about because your audience within that genre is going to be expecting a certain length. Um, and if it's too long, they might get overwhelmed or bored with it and put it down. If it's too short, they might be like, what the heck you doing? I want more. Um, so um, YA, young adult, is probably the easiest one to start with. Those, It's usually a bit of a shorter word count between 70 and 90,000 words. Um, and that applies to like YA fantasy as well. If it's an epic fantasy, you can get away with a bit bigger. Um, and that's probably fine. But yeah, generally 70 to 90,000 words is a pretty good benchmark. And then if you're transitioning into adult fiction, that can be upwards of 70k, depending on your genre. So like adult fantasy is going to be on the long side, just because of all the world building notes and the descriptions that you have to pay more attention to, whereas like regular adult fiction that maybe is just focusing on the romance of it, romances are in general shorter. Um, 80k or less, would you say? Or like 70? Probably more like 70 or less. Like if you get into fantasy romance, you can get on the higher side, but yeah. I feel like romances are pretty short because they're really like based on a formula and so mm -hmm. they're usually yeah like I would say 70 to 90 okay type of thing for romance yeah 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 that sounds solid and then um epic fantasy is its whole own other thing because you can get upwards of like 150,000 and you're doing all sorts of crazy crazy things usually with lots of different characters so you need more space and more time to world build your world that's the biggest thing um and then things like middle grade fiction, that's for like, I don't know, 14 and under, that's going to be more 30 to 60,000 words um, at most. So yeah, it's a good thing to think about um, just to try and give yourself a benchmark or a goal to shoot towards. It's not something that you want to think about too strongly because you don't want that to hinder your progress. Um, so keep it in mind, maybe you haven't figured it all out when you first start by the time you have a full story, you're going to want to have a general idea of where you land and where you're trying to get. Um, and then depending on your genre, you also want to think about your language choice and word choice since you're going to write a little bit differently for YA than you would for middle grade or for adult. Um, and you're going to describe things maybe differently or more or less depending on whether you're doing fantasy or science fiction or something else. Yeah, and, and to add to that, um, I've noticed in young adult fantasy, the romance side of things is actually a lot more spicy than I thought. Like, <laughs> there's a little more 
room for mature content than I thought in young adults. Mm-hmm. Certainly the young adult stuff I grew up reading did not have that. But the stuff I read now, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. They went there. <laughs> I thought that was more adult, but yeah, they went there. And I'm cool with it. I'm just surprised. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but yeah, so once you get into your genre and you know roughly what you're writing in, like for me, for example, I tend towards like fantasy romance, whether it's young adult or adult. Um, and the things that you want to kind of do when you're when you're picking your genre or knowing what you're getting into is uh, what are the must-haves for that genre and what are the don't do that for that yep. genre. Yep. So the best way to figure this out is to read. Read as much as you can, read in your genre and read outside of your genre as well. Uh, so we consider reading as research for your own writing. If you don't read, people are going to be able to tell. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be as good as you could be if you'd read in that genre and kind of knew what to give, what your readers are expecting, yeah. right? Like yeah. you can't just, if you walk into a romance and you're not giving us like, you know, tall and mysterious leading man, like, I mean, come on. <laughs> that's everybody's favorite where are you and um, where have yes. you been exactly and uh yeah so you when you're reading outside of your genre this is a good way just to make you a better writer in general um and you can blend things in from other genres you don't have to necessarily stick to a certain formula i mean i said romance has a formula i wouldn't say that this is true when you blend romance with other genres mm-hmm. i think when you're looking at like a straight up romance um, it's usually pretty the same formula throughout. Yeah, yeah. They've <laughs> so shown that, that they've shown that yeah. the more formula sells. They know what it is. They know what people want. And like, it's not about just pumping out the yeah. thing over and over because that's that's what we want to do. It's more like this is what people are expecting. This is what the market has made clear yeah. they are wanting. So we just keep following that formula because that's what right? has proven itself to work. Because if you pick up a romance and you don't get what you came there for you're going to be disappointed in that author Mm -hmm. and that's something to think about as well um when you're writing your first draft I mean like write your story how you see it and how you want it to be but those are things that you should consider uh going forward especially if you want to get to the point where you're being published which most of us do want to get there uh one of the other things that been quite helpful for me is um the writing subreddit on reddit it's pretty helpful actually and they do a lot of cool posts about genres and like uh do's and don'ts and things like that and you get a lot of other writers weighing in and it's kind of a nice place where you know there's real authors i mean we're all real authors should say (laughs) published authors established authors that are come on there and and answer these questions too they're self-published and there's people that just write for fun so you're getting like a lot of different um points of view and there's also another reddit subreddit that's good that's um it's like recommend me a book or something like that that's also a great place to go if you're like hey i want to get into writing like fantasy where should i start with my reading research and people will suggest you books and they're always really good there's some great suggestions and i've added lots to my to read list that is just getting longer and longer eternal Yes. And uh, the other thing, too, if you read a lot of fan fiction, um, you're going to pretty much know the common tropes in your favorite genre or your favorite Mm. book. 
And that's something to consider as well. Like their stuff tropes are okay. Like you can do them well. You just want to be aware of what they are. So you don't fall into a trap of having like three common tropes in your story. And then, you know, an agent might look at that and be like, okay, like give me some new stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's something to think about as well. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't considered the the fan fiction bent because I don't really read a lot of it. You got me into one and that's that's pretty much all I got right now. But <laughs> you addicted. <laughs> well, yeah. You got me into the Lore Olympus and I thank you for it. But also like every Sunday, I'm like, please, I'm ready for a new installment. <laughs> Update faster. Yes, I understand that. Um, yeah. But anyway, all of that said, like, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Don't feel like you need to have it all figured out before you start. Just start. Like, it doesn't really matter from the get-go what your genre is. If you decide halfway through that, oh, we're moving from fantasy to sci-fi, like we're just going to do a big time hop, you might have to split that into two books down the road. But for now, just start and see where it takes you. That's a totally healthy way to get started um, and might actually serve you better in the long run, prevent you from getting start like stuck before you even write a single word. Um, yes, that does yeah. happen. And that's what happens to me when I outline, which is why I don't outline actually, mm-hmm. especially I think for first drafts, like unless you're a real outliner, you know, it works for you. Um, I totally agree with like abandoning the outline for first drafts and then you can just write it as it comes to you. But again, everyone's different. Like you might write your outline as it comes to you and then you just fill in the chapters. But I think for a lot of us, we're just kind of muddling through. <laughs> just wing it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And every writer is going to work differently. Everyone's going to have to feel out their process until they find mm-hmm. kind of their their happy place. Um, so all of that brings us to two different kinds of first draft writers. Um, we're breaking it up this way because this is you and me, respectively. Um, yes. There will be more. <laughs> there are other writers who write different ways. I'm not. We're not saying that this is the only way to do it, but these are the ways that we are. <laughs> so these are the way that we can we can inform you on these things. Trust me. Um, so writers of skinny drafts and writers of wordy drafts. Yes. So you might be a skinny draft writer. Uh, If you have trouble getting words on the page in the first place, you have trouble writing a lot of descriptions or uh, just adding length to your chapters, anything like that. Uh, If it feels like you just need to spit out your story and just get like a skeleton kind of going (laughs) before you add to anything else. Uh, And your first drafts tend to be on the short side, like about 50 to 80 K maybe depending on what your end goal is. Um, Me, for example, like my first drafts average about 50,000 words. And by the time I'm done, probably about 80. So that's how much I add from first draft to Mm -hmm. final draft, I should say. That's a pretty big jump. Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) And then you may be a wordy draft writer if you project a word count goal at the beginning or, you know, maybe you're just starting out or you're a little bit into it, maybe halfway along, you're like, okay, I've got my word count goal in mind. I know this is going to take me so many words to write. I've got the number. And by the time you get to the end, you've gone at least 10 to 20K over the original goal. You're hitting your head against the wall because you've done this 10, 20 times before and you still haven't reached the end. Then you might be just like me. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's important to just write your story from start to finish and you'll figure out your process with time. I mean, I'm on my, I've written three 
big projects and I've started and not finished. I don't know how many projects. Let's not talk about those. Okay. There's a lot of them. Um, so, you know, I never really worried about word count or anything like that until I'd written my first draft uh, or sorry, my like third or fourth draft of my first project, which was called the Crescent. And um, that one was a tough one. So that one was a total slog to write, to edit, to rewrite, to edit. And by the time I finished it, never wanted to see it again. And I don't think that served me very well when I was querying it. Cause I like <laughs> wrote my query letter and I like sent it off and I was just like, I hate this project. I hope that they don't hate it too. And that was definitely the wrong approach when they started yeah. querying. Yeah. Not a great marketing strategy. <laughs> yeah, not great. So yeah, for reference, um, that one was at draft four before it got workshopped in its entirety. And before I queried it, uh, it was on draft six or seven before it was ready to go. That was that project. Um, my next project is my favorite child. <laughs> what we'll call it. And Elise has a, has a knack for naming drafts. So she called this one Holla Hades. It will hopefully not be called that when it gets published. I mean, I think I'd be down. I'd be down for that. I think I would I pick that up funny. real fast. So, <laughs> so I actually wrote this during our first um, lockdown quarantine, April 2020, and so I wrote a 50k draft in five weeks. And I mean, like it flew from my fingers. It was ridiculous. Like I was writing up to 4,000 words a day, which was unheard of for me. Like for like comparison's sake, when I was writing the Crescent, like if I wrote 300 words in a day, I was like, I did it. I'm the best. <laughs> and then when Holly Hades came along, I was like, I'm writing like three chapters in a day. It's crazy. And uh, yeah, my husband didn't see very much of me in that month. <laughs> He'd come home and I'd be like, don't talk to me. I'm writing. So yeah, that one. Yeah, totally different, totally different thing. So when I got past the first draft, though, that was when I started to run into trouble. The first mm-hmm. draft came no problem. Mm-hmm. After that, I had a little more trouble. I, I did a first edit on it. I added like 7,000 words. And then I didn't know what to do. So I sent it out to be workshop by lease. And then when it came back, I had some ideas. And I've added about 20,000 words since then. Um, so right now it's on the fourth draft. And I'm on my editing pass of that and then it's going to go to at least to be edited before I can query it and then uh, yeah so it's going to be in at least draft five before mm-hmm. an agent sees it and hopefully they see it and like it because I really <laughs> I love this project and I hope that will come through when I'm querying this one um and that one you, you wrote that one during nano no I wrote that one during quarantine last year oh right, right yeah you yeah. said that that was yeah. not at all during nano wow okay <laughs> You know, that was the first time I've written a full draft outside of Nano. It was the first time. Okay. Yeah, like from start to finish. Yeah, it was quite a big deal for me. Yeah. Um, And then after after I wrote the first draft of that story, I I was kind of stuck on writing and I was like, I wasn't ready to go back to Holly Hades yet. Like I needed a break. So I wrote Lady Killer. uh, And that one I wrote, I think I wrote that one then like five or six weeks as well. And it was about a 60,000 K draft. Yeah, you finished that one, right? Yeah, that one was done. Um, wow. That was the one where I it didn't come to me as fully formed as Holly Hades mm-hmm. did. So <laughs> that one's going to need like a rewrite, not just an edit and add. It's going to need a full rewrite because I did make a lot of major changes and then just kept going, which is exactly something we're going to talk about later. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, I, I did reread it pretty recently and was like, you know, there's good parts. There's stuff I'm going to keep for sure. Uh, especially the first two chapters are really my favorite. So I'm going to keep those <laughs> and probably rewrite everything else. And that's fine. <laughs> so between those three, is there something that you can point to that like made a significant difference? Because you said the Crescent was a slog and then Hall of Hades and Later Killer both came like so quickly. Um, is there something you can point to like, like with me, when I look back at multiple different projects and compare them to one another, I think one of the things that um, I thought about differently each time was my ending. Is there something like that for you? Or was it just kind of a gaining of experience thing? I think it was both. So um, I would say when I when I wrote The Crescent, like I actually didn't have an ending in mind uh, till the fourth draft, third or fourth draft, <laughs> which made it really difficult because I didn't know where I was writing to. And uh, so that that was probably one of the main things. The other thing was I call the Crescent like my learning book. Like I called like that was my learning curve. Um, I did that one in the writer's studio. I I pushed through and saw it to completion and all the way to querying. But by the time I got there, I didn't. My heart wasn't in it. And the other thing about that project was by the time it actually got to the point where it could be queried, I'd been working on it for so long. Like that style of story was just not popular anymore Mm. I'd kind of missed the window on that Mm -hmm. one (laughs) so yeah that's definitely it and I noticed like from Hall of Hades onwards like the ideas come to me more I'm not sure how to word this (laughs) the characters are a lot more vivid to me and it makes the writing so much easier and I think that's just from practice that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think I think you had the ending for Hall of Hades pretty early on. Like you knew what you were shooting for. Yeah, like I think I was. Uh, that was the kind of story where uh, one of my side characters hijacked it and became one of the main characters, and then he ended up becoming a point of view character as well because it just kind of took over. Uh, so once he hit the story, it just got easy. And even in the edits and the rewrites, like the actual bones of the story have not changed at all. Um, all the big beats are the exact same. It's just fleshing it out and adding more scenes. And I've, you know, like made it thing made things a little more complicated. But I was, the, the ending chapter is the, the last two chapters are the same. And so that I think was different different for me. I don't think Lady Killer is going to go that way. So, I mean, we'll see how I'm doing in a couple months from now. <laughs> I've decided to tackle that project. I might be sitting here, like, crying about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hopefully we have no tears. <laughs> but no I feel no that. <laughs> I feel that, yeah. Like, my... Um, I would say we've gone through a similar journey. Just with you, it's skinny drafts. And with me, it's wordy drafts. So, wordy like, drafts. my learning book was Roots of Blood, which took me more than six years to write and edit. It took me at least four years to have a completed draft that I was happy with after several rewrites. Um, but with the first draft, I got stuck at the three-quarter mark, and I didn't touch the book for a whole year. Like, I put it away. I was like, I'm done. I'm giving up on this, just like I've given up on everything else, and this is the end. <laughs> We're so not hard on ourselves, <laughs> not in case at all. anyone is wondering. Not at all. <laughs> just, just chill. Um, and then I was accepted into uh, the writer's studio. I did that for a year, and I started submitting my 
this book, because this is what I had. This was the project that I had that was closest to me, and it's what I was tentatively kind of working on. And I still wanted to finish it. Like, I did still, I wasn't sick of it at this point. Um, so I started submitting pages and getting feedback, and then that was everything that I needed to just push through and power through. And mm-hmm. Eileen, like, our mentor at the time, she she just really emphasized get the draft out there, get the completed story out there, even if it's not complete in the middle, but you have a, be- a beginning, a middle and an end, you have that structure. Once you have that, you can fix it. But until you have that, you can't do anything. So that was kind of the push that we both needed probably to finish those. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, the feedback was what got me there. Mm-hmm. for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so this isn't absolute trash. So it's, you know, worth potentially continuing. <laughs> Um, and so then like, I'm not going to abandon it never yeah. or forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then I, I got it out there and then I rewrote the ending four different ways, four different times just to get to one that actually satisfied me. Um, and then I queried that one. I got at least 30 rejections and that's not counting the people that didn't answer me. And, um, we don't talk about the we ones don't that talk don't about answer. the ones that don't okay. answer. We don't if talk. They about don't those. send me an email saying I don't want this. I'm just gonna pretend like they just forgot. It just got <laughs> lost in the inbox. I mean, that's totally yeah. possible too, actually, because you know when you think about how many queries an agent gets, it's like that's true. They can't possibly keep track of them all. They're gonna miss some. I lose things in my inbox, and there's like four things in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like, oh, forgot that was in there. Oh, never paid that invoice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And that that tracks pretty much with your experience with the Crescent. And then um, my next project after that one was the one I refer to as Poison Tongue. That, no, that's not a working title. That's the actual title is Poison Tongue. And I'm happy awesome. with that one. Thank you. Um, so I I pounded that first draft out in four months. I had read an article that it was possible to write a whole book in two to three months, depending on your word counts and all these things. And I was like, okay, well, I got nothing better to do. Uh, let's try it. So, um, the, the whole goal of the thing wasn't even necessarily the story it was itself. It was to write it fast. So I made sure that I first had a character that I found compelling as my main character. Mm-hmm. And then second, um, the most important thing, I think, looking back was to know exactly what my end goal was, which I had never done before. Um, I usually write without knowing what the heck is going on, and I figure it out as I go. And then I get stuck at the three-quarter mark every single time because we've done this before. We know how it works. Um, but when you know <laughs> your ending, my God, it's like a whole different monster. So from the start of the book, I knew where I wanted my protagonist to be at the end. I knew what her goal was, and I just had to fly by the seat of my pants to figure out the why and the how in the middle. Um, so the endpoint didn't change, like you said, pretty much at all from when I figured it out. Um, but a lot of the things in the middle, I had to shuffle around and change and rewrite and just restructure because I got stuck a couple times. I wrote myself into a mm-hmm. corner and I had to be like, okay, that doesn't work. Like it just doesn't work. I have to go back. I have to cut a bunch of stuff and retry it. Um, and I did that for my first project Roots of Blood as well, but that was much more frustrating. This was more like, yeah. I know I can get there. I just need to get there. So let's try something else to get there. I feel like if you give yourself a deadline in the sense of like, you know, you're not just aimlessly working on a draft. If you're mm-hmm. like, I need to finish this draft in three months or six months or whatever it is that works for you, mm-hmm. you're way more likely to finish it. Because if you don't give yourself a deadline, like a, even a soft deadline, like I'm going to try and finish this by mm-hmm. like, you know, August 1st. 
Well, then when August 1st rolls around and you didn't finish it, you're going to feel a bit guilty and you'll probably finish it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It it makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Bug Babies. That's my working title for my other project. Love Bug Babies. Oh, yes. Doesn't it sound just great? (laughs) It just makes you want to read that. Um, uh, That one was an old recycled idea that I had started... 10 years ago, like I was 14 when I tried writing this thing. Um, and so I'd gone back and looked at it and be like, okay, the actual first draft of this when I was 14, be nice to me, was absolute trash. Okay, it was. Oh. We can all agree with that. It, I was 14. Okay, let's, let's start uh, with that. I burned everything I wrote <laughs> before the age of 18 okay. was burned when I moved out of my childhood home. I was like, <laughs> I never want this to see the light freaking day ever. Yep, that's probably what I should have done. That is what I should have done. There's a lot of fan fiction in my in my writings. Yeah, that was that had to be burned. <laughs> a lot of fan fiction, a lot of plagiarism. We don't talk about that too much. Um, yeah. But no, I I saw the draft. I was like, okay, the writing is. I don't want to go there. But the the actual idea behind mm-hmm. it. Idea is good. Or the I shouldn't say the idea. I completely changed the idea. I took the character and I took some of her backstory. I was like, no, this is this is workable. I can work with this. And then I started writing it. This was just before Nano started. I had I had this kind of idea that I was thinking, yeah, this could work. And then I got maybe, was it 15K into the beginning before I was like, wait a second, I'm writing backstory right now. Like, this isn't the beginning of the story. Like, I've never had this realization moment before, but it was there. I was like, wait, this this is not, this is like a prequel to the actual story that I want to be writing. So I had that, I had that backstory. I fi- filed it away. And then I took my character and I started again. And in the first 10 days of NaNo, I had my 50K. And then by the end of NaNo, I had my 72K to finish up the draft. It was at like 110K. That was 20K over where I wanted to be at 90,000 words. Uh, just classic. <laughs> classic wordy, wordy AF. Um, so that one falls under epic fantasy for sure. We're just going to pin it there and, you know, like. For sure. Yeah. And so how, how do you part with those words? Like, do they feel like they're wasted words? Like when you wrote 15,000 words and then you're like, I can't use any of this really. Um, <laughs> you know, you cry yourself to sleep about it or are you just like, it's fine. It's just. <laughs> Don't think about it. Onward. Um, well, with those ones specifically, that wasn't where the story started, but that was my main character's backstory. So when I started mm-hmm. writing the book, I knew her so much better than I knew most of my characters that it just it felt a lot more formulated, a lot more calculated when I started writing. Um, but with stuff like with Poison Tongue or with Roots of Blood, um, I would have sections where I would write like five chapters and then get stuck and have to re like have to completely axe three of those chapters and just get rid of it all together like maybe i'd keep a line of description from here because they're going to be in that location and that fits and maybe this conversation right here that they had maybe i'd keep that because that fits but everything else just got scrapped yeah that doesn't sound nice just so you probably ended up scrapping less words overall Mm -hmm. by having written the backstory and then just set it aside mm-hmm. and then carried on writing rather than writing aimlessly and then having yeah. to cut a bunch. Of- yeah. yeah. But but like you're saying, like the feeling of wasting words, that's definitely there. Like when I have to go back and be like, this didn't work. I'm in a corner and I can't use this. Mm-hmm. I have to go back. There's definitely that feeling of like, did I just waste this many hours getting these words out? And like on one hand, yes, you're axing those. You're not using them. That's fair. On the other hand, 
I had to write those words to realize that that idea wasn't going to work. And then it gave me the, the kind of the avenue to get to the idea that would work. And the way that I allow myself to, um, have those words and not feel bad about it is I create, I literally create a document for each project that I start. I create a separate document for each one and I label that document scrapyard. And then whenever I, I have that. to, whenever I have to axe something and just completely remove it, I cut it out of my main document. I paste it in the scrapyard. It's like, it's still there. I still wrote it. I still have it. I can still use it somehow, some way, somewhere. I won't. Let's be honest. I will never go and grab those words <laughs> but again. It's there. <laughs> but it's there and it's alive. And it's like, I didn't get rid of it. I still have my darling. I don't have to kill it. Um, so I trick myself. Yes. It's all about tricking your brain. That's exactly what it is. Let's, yeah. We're, yeah. There's a lot of that in writing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tricking yourself. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So then I think I took all of those strategies that I learned from those three projects and I shoved them into the sequel, The Roots of Blood, which I wrote next. Um, it's the first sequel that I've ever tried to do. It's supposed to be the second book in a trilogy that may turn into four books because as we've established, I am wordy. I can make no promises because I clearly can't keep them. So it might be four books. I'm planning three. I have the third one outlined loosely. Um, the draft of the sequel took me maybe four months again. Um, and I had like 25k worth of notes and pieces for a first draft that I wrote up a couple years ago after I finished the first book. When I went back and looked at them to write the actual draft, I could keep good chunks of it, but I had to rework some things because a whole bunch of stuff had changed in my revisions of the first book that made that stuff not quite work out. So I had to fiddle with it. Um, but then I wrote... How long? It was 110k again. Yeah, yeah, it was about the same size yeah. as my babies. Yep, yeah. 110k <laughs> in four months, and uh, but I promised you I'd get it back to you within a month, and then it took me more like six weeks because I was like, oh, I forgot how long it takes me to read. <laughs> like 100k plus yeah to read and to comment, <laughs> to comment. on yeah and to comment yes, on it makes a difference take a little longer mm-hmm. yeah um but it seems like the common thread the thing that i've pulled through from from those projects is when i have an ending top of mind i can breeze through a draft when i have an ending in mind whether i keep that ending or not is besides the point but it, when i'm writing that first draft as long as i have a goal that i'm getting to i have an overarching narrative that is like it's a thread that I'm pulling through the entire story through every single scene. I have this idea in my head. That's what I'm shooting for. If I have that, I can finish. If I don't have that, I might get stuck at the three quarter mark and put it in a drawer and burn it. So see, and then what works for me seems to be coming up with the ending, like about a quarter of the way through or at the midpoint. Like yeah. that's when I'm like, okay, how's this all going to come together? Um, usually cause I don't have a lot of backstory or anything about my characters. When I start, I start pretty cold. Like I like open up a blank doc and I'm like <laughs> one sentence and I'm like, okay, all right. I know where I'm going with this. <laughs> and then 20,000 words in, I'm like, Ooh, yeah, I better think about the ending. <laughs> and so that's what works for me. But what works for me, what works for Elise might not work for you. I think the general advice that, uh, tracks for most of us, especially for first drafts is to push through to the end, no matter what. Because you can change everything. And the thing that I also struggled with was like, no one's going to see your first draft. And for that matter, no one's going to see your writing unless you choose to share it with them. So you don't have to worry so much. I spent a lot of time being like, oh, I mean, if someone read this sentence, like, 
oh, would they think it's good? Like, would they think this is funny? And I got to the point where I was like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to write what I'm going to write. <laughs> and then I'll worry about if people will like it later. Like, I need to like it because I'm writing it right now. And I'm the only one reading it. So that's a good approach to your draft. And just leave all your fears and your worries at the door and just write. Um, and, you know, if you are, you know, you can be anywhere in your draft and you decide something needs to change rather than going back to edit. Cause this is for me, the fastest way to never finish a draft is to edit before I carry on. Um, leave yourself a note or like leave a whole bunch of dashes or stars or something and say like main character now lives in this city and then carry on writing as if it was like that the whole time. Because when you go to write your second draft or edit, you can fix all that crap. Like if you try and fix it as you go, all you're going to do is fix things as you go and you'll never get to the end. I know there's some writers out there, like I think it's Stephen King says he edits what he wrote the day before, before he Mm. writes new words. But I mean, like, look at how many books he's put out. Like, don't try and be Stephen King on your first draft, okay? (laughs) He's the only one who could be him. (laughs) So find a process that works for you instead. Like if you're if you're a new writer too, like you're going to be so worried about what you're doing and what you're writing and what people will think. And if you'll ever finish it and don't set the bar so high, just write, write, write and worry about it later. And all writers say like, Oh, just write. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just write, but just remember that you're writing for you first and other people second. And I think that's important. Um, the other thing I do, so rather than going back to edit, <laughs> um, I keep a separate doc or rather I write in Scrivener. So I keep like a separate little binder or whatever folder for like a list of major changes or list of edits. And I actually do this all the way through my drafts so that I don't forget something. Um, I'm a very forgetful person. So maybe you don't need to do this, but I definitely do. (laughs) I have a whole list of stuff in there, major changes, things, small things you need to change. Like halfway through, I've been like, "Mm, I think I want her hair to be dark instead. And I put that in the major changes file (laughs) so that I remember when I write my second draft that she has dark hair now. Uh, so yeah, that really helps too. just whatever helps you keep pushing through to the end, because you can't even write a second draft or edit your first draft if you don't get to the end of it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. I would push that really hard. You can't edit what you don't have. That's, that's a line that I tell to anyone who asks me about writing, whether they're a writer or not. That's the first thing that I usually say. And then especially to other writers is like, if we get talking about uh, it's just I'm having trouble with this draft and everything and I keep going back and I don't like this and I don't like that. You can't edit what you don't have. So like, mm-hmm. stop thinking about what you've got already and just get the whole story. Like until you have the whole story, you're not going to be able to edit it effectively. The last thing that you want to do is spend all of your energy editing this scene that you've just weren't sure about and you think I got to get this perfect before I move on. You edit the crap out of the scene. You rewrite like it 12 to 15 times you're not happy with it and then you move on and then once you do get the full draft you end up cutting it because it doesn't fit the story anymore like (laughs) that's like what i did with the crescent was i got to this point and i was so stuck man i really don't want to write this like mountain pass like um you know drama stuff and i was like man i'm so stuck and then i was like you know what i'll just skip ahead to the part i want to write i'll come back and write this mountain scene later Guess what never got written because it didn't actually need to be there? That stupid <laughs> mountain scene. 
It never got written because <laughs> the fact that I didn't want to write it and that it didn't seem to fit and I was stuck on it were all like the, the trifecta of like, this doesn't even belong here. <laughs> That's amazing. It belongs in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Just leave it there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you should put that in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, um, if you get really stuck, it's worth taking a step back, taking a break um, mm-hmm. and looking at it and thinking, do I really need this here? Maybe you can't answer that yet. Just skip it. Like, seriously, yeah. you, you don't yeah. have to write this thing in chronological order. I think that's something that um, new writers, especially, I know for me, if I like, okay, mm-hmm. well, like, I can't write that scene yet that I really want to write. Like, I really want to write it. I'm really excited about it, but I can't write it yet because I haven't written this other thing that has to come first. That's so not true. Write the scene mm-hmm. that you're excited about. Just jump into yeah. it. You're going to be pumped. You're going to think this is the best thing I've written. I am the new Stephen King. You're not. It's okay. We'll get you there. <laughs> but you can think that for a little while. And that's totally fine. Yes. Write it and just like maybe you'll feel motivated enough by then to go back. Maybe you won't. Keep going. You've gotten through that excellent scene that you really yeah. wanted to write. You're going to have motivation to write past that. You can go back later. Give yourself that permission. I did that uh, with Paula Hades. Yeah. I wrote like I had a whole um, – section in Scribner in my draft for scenes that didn't yet have a home. I'm telling you, there was probably like 10,000 words of scenes there (laughs) and they all made it in. Yeah. I just, you know, I had them in my head and I was like, I'm going to write that instead. Like, and then I will see how it fits later. And they all ended up fitting. That doesn't always happen, Mm -hmm. but it's a good call. And then it actually, every time I wrote one of those helped me get unstuck of wherever I was. Because you got to get those creative juices flowing. When I wrote Treebeard, <laughs> I was working with four different perspectives, so four different characters. And so I had my notes at the beginning. That was basically, I had these piecemeal chapters. I had a chapter from this character and I had a chapter from that character. I knew relatively what order they went in, but then I had a whole bunch of notes sprinkled in between. Like, I need a chapter from this person here. I need a scene about this here. I don't know which character that'll be from. I need a chapter from this here. And it was just kind of like all slotted in there. And then I went back through and I filled in the blanks and I cut what I didn't need. I ended up changing some things. So I cut out some notes that I didn't end up, that didn't end up fitting anymore. But I just, I filled in the blanks of things that I had skipped because I just, I didn't know what I was doing with that particular thing, but I knew what my end goal was. And I just pushed through to the end goal because until I had that, that full arc of, okay, they're going to get from here to here. And this is kind of the stops along the way. Filling in those blanks is really hard until you have that final moment yeah and it is when you're writing from multiple point of views um you do have to consider like you want all those point of views to kind of come together in the end so you know write each character story till it's done and then worry about fitting it together later Mm -hmm. you can always add or take away or whatever it's really all about getting to the end and like I've heard that advice a million times and it was so hard until I actually did it really successfully with Holly Hades. And I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad at all. <laughs> so sometimes it's one of those things that doesn't quite click till you've done it. Mm-hmm. And then it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one thing that's hard about being a new writer, too, is you're getting all this writing advice. And it doesn't actually seem to have a, a home in your brain until you've actually written a draft. And then you're like, oh, I see why people say that. Like you can't edit what you don't have when you're a new writer. You're like, can I just translate, like take the thoughts, pictures in my brain and put them on the page without actually having to write this down? (laughs) You can't. (laughs) All right. 
So beware of the research rabbit hole. So it's very tempting when you're writing a first draft and you're like, I need to know how toilets worked in the 1700s. And you end up on Google and you end up learning way more about toilets than you ever needed to know and more than you need to use for your story. So the, the trick here is to leave yourself either like a note or a bolded area of like, I need to fill this in with said research uh, or have a separate doc with like all the things you need to research. You can use placeholder words or names for things. Like one of the women in our writing group, um, she needed to write something about like mechanics and she doesn't know about mechanics. So she just like encapsulate put like thing and then like she moved the thing and then for her to work on later because otherwise you're going to be looking up like the mechanics of engines for like two hours. <laughs> and uh, I think it's already hard enough to write without procrastinating it's very it's a comforting thing to do when you're like a little afraid of your own work <laughs> which I know a lot of us are um, but you'll end up wasting a ton of time sometimes you can do it I mean like you're sitting in front of the tv and you're not writing and you're like maybe I'll do a little research on whatever go for it but when you're actually sitting down to write like just write and you can fix all that stuff add that stuff later um, if you're writing like historical fiction or you need something with historical accuracy. I mean, what I did was I gave myself a little research project uh, and I actually did it after I wrote the draft. So I kept a doc going and called it like whatever research project. And then I had a list of all the things I needed to know. And I focused on doing that as its own project outside of my draft on a different time. Uh, and then when I wrote the second draft, I had all that information at my fingertips and it really did make the draft better, but it probably saved me hours of procrastination because I just saved it for some time, not everything like that. Okay, so that was a lot of information to take in, a lot of things to talk about. Apparently, we have a lot of things to say, um, but to wrap it all up, we'll just kind of go over some of the main points that I would say um, as any kind of writer at any kind of stage, these are the things we'd have you kind of take away. Um, things to keep in mind when you're writing your draft are your genre, your word count, and then your audience targeted language. So depending on your genre and what audience you're targeting, that will affect how you write what you write. The other thing is you can't edit what you don't have. If that's a phrase that you need to write down on a little card and stick it above your desk as your little mantra forever, you know what? I recommend that. I would, uh, I would, I would go with that. That's a good option. It's a really good option. I do that. Don't laugh at me. Um, Motivational notes are totally fine, and this yeah. is a judgment-free zone. Exactly. So you do what works for you. Exactly. <laughs> um, and that's that's the next thing. There is no right or wrong way to do this. Like you have to find a process and a rhythm that works for you. What works for Stephen. King is probably not going to work for you. Let's just say that as a blanket statement right now and get it out of the way. Okay. Stephen King is his own class. Exactly. So pick your famous author that you love and go, okay, their process is interesting. Maybe I could write like that. Maybe I can't do that. Because mm -hmm. I mean, for me, it took till I'd written like six drafts of the same freaking story before I found my rhythm. So yep. 
Yeah. It takes and, you a while, don't worry. And if you take pieces from Stephen King, that's great. Take something from Stephen yeah. King's uh, playbook. Take something from someone else's playbook. Take something from your own playbook. Like, just find something that meshes all those things together that work, and then you're just going to fly along, and it's going to be great. So don't feel like you have to copy what someone else does just because they say it's the way to go. Um, and then a few things that I like to keep in mind as I go... As much as I like to be nice to myself, I also have to, you know, remind people of the hard truths every once in a while. You will have to mercilessly murder your darlings. You will have to cut and cut and cut and cut. Whether you're a skinny draft writer or a wordy draft writer, you will have to destroy beautiful pieces of art or flaming piles of garbage that you're happy to get rid of. You know, there is no in between. You'll have to destroy them both along the way as you go. Just like you might have had to write it out to figure it out to know that it's not going to work. And that's okay. We'll get over it. Yeah. Throw it in the scrapyard. Call that scrapyard whatever you want to call it. It can be flaming trash pile. It can be uh, the glory boys. I mean, I don't even care. But do what you got to do to get rid of those things and move on because that's how you're going to finish and that's how you're going to finish strong. And that's the goal. And that's the tea on first drafts. All links will be in the show notes and you can reach us anytime at theteagrannies at gmail.com. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to put the kettle on. We'll see you again in two weeks. Happy writing.